Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Thank you for joining me. Happy Friday. The week's just ripping by, man. I had a great day yesterday, very productive, very good day. Got a lot done. Uh, worked on our um, acquisition for one of the companies a little bit more. Finalized some things. You know, it's just when you start a company, you know it's real when the uh, credit card comes in. And it says your name and then the company name underneath. Alex, one of my business partners, dropped off our credit cards yesterday for first line defense. I'm like, damn, it's real. <laughs> we're, we're starting a company. We got meetings with all kinds of like execs from these gun companies, man, that we're going to be lining up here soon and consultants. And I'm like, oh my goodness. It's real. The coolest thing about starting companies is finding people with skill sets that you don't have. Seriously. That's one of my favorite things. My, my favorite thing is thinking about, all right, here's, this is, this is our idea. This is our innovation. This is our invention. This is what we want to do. Um, actually, this idea was brought to me uh, for first line defense. But historically, I've had an idea and... I've thought, well, this is what I bring to the table. I know what I'm good at. I'm good at organizing people. I'm good at inspiring people. I'm good at making snap decisions that work out well. I'm good at uh, leading, motivating. I'm good at sales. I'm good at, uh, there's a lot of different things that I'm good at, but um, <laughs> it sounded arrogant, but it's just, and then there's way more things that I'm not good at, which is the point I'm trying to make. So I look at all the things I'm good at and I look at what needs to get done and I'm like, all right, here's all the things I'm good at that I should be doing and here's a whole list of things that I suck at that need done. All right, how do we find the people or put the people that we already have in the best position, leverage our people so that we can get things done the fastest way possible? And what's cool is we're seeing things get done so fast for first-line defense. Um, so now that the software is pretty much in development, I can tell you a little bit about it. Um, basically, it's gonna it's gonna scan your hand and fit a handgun right to your hand. So you go to a shop. You know how many times? At least I see this all the time because I shoot once twice a week. I'll see people wander into a gun store. Hey, need help with anything? No, I'm just looking around. And a lot of people are just there to look because they've never really seen guns before, you know? Some people just want to be up close next to a gun, you know what I mean? It's like going to see a tiger in person at the zoo, you know? And so they'll walk up and, you know, they might have been kind of like thinking about purchasing one. But, you know, gun store guys could be a little gruff. Some of the ones I know are very, very friendly. Um that's an intimidating environment. So the person wanders around, wanders around, or they start looking at guns that they definitely, you know, they go over to a 357 Magnum, oh, I wanna carry this. <laughs> and they leave, right? Because they're nervous to ask questions or whatever. Well, our software, basically, you're gonna walk up to a portal, it's gonna scan your hand and boom, it's gonna give you a list of inventory that you need to test that you need to test out and shoot, see if it's a good, oh, there's a little turkey, oh, there's all kinds of turkeys with their babies, yay. <laughs> uh, I'm a big softy, dude. People think I'm like, 
Dude, I'm 250 pounds. I took a picture yesterday of the scale. I'm exactly, I was 250.0. 250, I'm 6'1", 250. If I had a couple more inches, dude, I'd, I'd try out. I'd, I'd at least go to a combine. I definitely got to work on my agility, without a doubt. I'd get smoked there. But, uh, yeah, anyways. Um... Sorry, I was having some on my bank. Um, <laughs> you awake now? So it'll, it'll come up with a list of guns. Like, these are the best fit for your hands. So it'll, like, put you on the bell curve and say, okay, here are, like, the five or six guns that are in inventory here in this store that you should look at, um, judging by your hand size. Pretty cool, right? So, yeah, that's uh, we're launching that. We got everything. You know, we got the patent in the works and all that. Um, so I'm super, super, super excited. I cannot wait. So, you know, I'm thinking about next steps, development stages, all that. So yesterday was great. I spent some time outside. Uh, my wife and I, my pregnant wife, did a cold plunge yesterday. How about them apples? Um, didn't stay in very long, just enough to shock the system a little bit. Um, and then uh, we sat outside in the uh, late early evening with little Ada on a blanket. And we had all the ducks and chickens around. Farrah, by the way, update on Farrah. If you guys don't know, you're just tuning in. Farrah, one of my chickens, she's kind of the runt, uh, for three days wouldn't come home at night, was gone. And then would show up in the middle of the day the next day acting absolutely neurotic. Like, scratching the ground excessively, screaming. So the, the chickens have a very specific... Ask my wife. I could be in the den, in a, a sleeping with fans on, TV going, and if they make a certain noise, I'm outside in less than three seconds with the dog. There's usually a hawk overhead. There's been foxes near the house. You know, anything that comes near my chickens is risking its life in a major way. Um, so. <laughs> She's been running around making that noise, but there's no threat. Like, the other chickens will look around and then look at her, even the ducks. She's weirding the ducks out. The ducks are looking at her like, yo, bro, chill out. You know what I mean? There's nothing there. So I think she's been going out into the woods. And uh, I don't think she slept in three days. I think she's just been out there being a nutcase. Maybe hiding under a wood pile somewhere, but I don't think she slept. So I scooped her up yesterday. So I scooped her up yesterday and uh, took her down and put her in our the, the new chicken hospital. So we got this room down in the basement. It's nice and quiet. It's a good temperature down there. It's like 73, 74 degrees. And I put out a, a big pad for her and uh, made her some scrambled eggs and electrolyte water. And I kept her down there for two days. But I noticed she had some swelling in her eye. I hope it's not myo. There's like a there's like an infectious disease that once your chicken gets it, they all get it. Like and it, they have it for life. Kind of like herpes. It comes and it goes. But it's not it's not herpes. It's just like it's I don't I don't remember what it does. Uh, but it can attack different things in their body. Sometimes it can be fatal, but normally it's not. So I'm hoping it's not that. I'm hoping she maybe just has 
a little bit of a respiratory infection or something like that. But anyways, her eye was kind of swollen, so I put her down there, and she just slept. Literally slept for two days straight. I took her out today. I'm like, all right, here we go. Because what I what would happen is I would I tried to put her in the coop all day long, and I would let her out, and she would bolt for the woods, screaming. I'm like, dude, what's going on with this chicken? So today I'm like, all right, here's the test. Let's see how she does. So I put her out in front of the coop. I let all the other girls out of the coop. And she just, boom, integrated right with them and started pecking like the rest. I'm like, oh, thank God. And then uh, I went inside. I had my breakfast. I did my routine. I read the Bible. I read uh, Romans 8, which is probably my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. Um, read Romans 8. And, uh, you know, it's prefaced by Romans 7. And probably my favorite part in Romans 7 is when's Paul, when Paul's talking about, like, if you ever feel like you make a lot of mistakes, read Romans 7. You know, Paul talks a lot about how depraved he is. Paul's one. I, let's talk about Paul when I get done with this story. Um, but anyways, I put her with the rest of the flock. I go inside. I do my thing. I'm probably inside for about 45 minutes. And I'm like, all right, here's the true test. Is she still with the rest of the girls? And I walk out onto the porch and all five chickens are right there roosted up on the chairs on the porch. That's their morning routine. They go out and peck around a little bit. They get some water. But, you know, they have food and water in the coop, but they prefer the open air. And uh, our chickens free range, like free range, free range, like no limits on 10 acres. Uh, but they usually stick around the house because I feed them. And uh, she was there, all five chickens. So I'm like, all right, good, 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 good. So I think she's she's not being neurotic. She's still shaking her head a little bit, which I think, you know, her eyes swollen. But Paul. So it's so funny because for the longest time, I thought Paul was one of the original 12 disciples. And I think many people do. Paul, many people think that Paul was one of the 12 disciples, and he wasn't. Paul actually was formerly uh, Saul. So if you don't know who Paul is, Paul the Apostle is uh, wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, he didn't write any of the Gospels because he wasn't around for the life of Jesus. I mean, he was around, but he wasn't one of the disciples. He was alive, but he wasn't around. <laughs> He wrote many of the epistles. He wrote Romans. Um, letters to the churches, essentially. Um, and uh, he wrote many of the letters to the churches. Sorry. Uh, as well as Romans. And basically, he, he was formerly Saul. In the book of Acts, chapters 7 or 8, um, you can read about Paul. or formerly His name was Saul, originally. And Saul, who's now Paul, persecuted Christians, threw them in jail, had them killed. He was a hardcore Jew. So he was a highly, highly, highly educated Jew. I don't, I, I can't remember if he studied under Ananias. I could be wrong. No, that was one of the other guys. Never mind. But uh, so Paul was, uh, Saul at this time, was a highly educated Jew. And the Jews, we know, the, the Sanhedrin, etc., are the ones that sentenced Jesus to death, essentially. killed. That's a controversial th controversial take. They'll tell you that the Romans killed Jesus. No. <laughs> the Jews killed Jesus. Uh, Pontius Pilate just gave him the thumbs up. And remember, he washed his hands of the situation. 
be careful who you say that around because uh, you start saying that the Jews killed Jesus, you're going to open up a whole can of worms. It's just to fess the reality of the situation, right? So, Saul was one of those Jews. In fact, if Saul was involved, he might have been involved peripherally. I don't know. He probably would have wanted Jesus dead. So, Saul was persecuting Christians and having them killed. And Saul was riding on his horse to actually go arrest Christians in some town. And he was blinded and knocked off his horse. And a voice said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's like, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. I'm the one whose followers you are persecuting. And Jesus, the God blinded Saul. So one of the disciples uh, got a, a, a message in the middle of the night from God and said, you need to go to this town. Saul's there. I need you to go see Saul. And this dude's like, dude, I don't want to go near Saul. He's going to kill me, right? But he's obedient and he goes and he, and he heals uh, Paul's, Saul's sight. Saul converts to Paul. You know, God changes his name to him and says, your name's Paul now. And Paul is largely responsible for bringing the gospel to the Greeks. You know, uh, Peter had, I think it was Peter, had a dream uh, where he saw a bunch of animals and God said, kill and eat. And Peter said, hey, I've never eaten anything. There must have been animals in his vision that were considered unclean by the Jews. And uh, he said, go ahead and kill and eat. And uh, Peter's like, I've never eaten anything unclean in my life. What are you talking about? And God's like, what I've made clean, do not call unclean. So in other words, the Jews used to literally look at Greeks as, as unclean. People that weren't Jews as unclean. And if you read the Jewish Talmud, uh, <laughs> they... Again, we're, we're getting listed by Jew friends, all right? I'm just telling you what's in the book. They look at people uh, that aren't Jewish basically as like cattle, right? Dirty, dirty animals. Um, but now there was a new message that, listen, both Jews and Greeks can be saved. This was new. Like it used to be really the only way to get salvation was, was, was to be a Jew, right? <laughs> So that's good news for all of us, you know, um, that aren't Jewish. So basically, Paul brought the gospel out to the Greeks, to, to the non-Jews. Um, and he's credited with, with really saving many, 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 many people. Whoa, dude. This dump truck had a bunch of papers and boards that just all went flying off the back of his truck into the road. Wow, that's extremely dangerous. This dude's got all kinds of like big plastic wrappings up on this dump truck and they all blew out. What a surprise. You know, um, I think, <laughs> you know what I've noticed <clears throat> is uh, women tailgate and don't even realize they're tailgating. You know what I mean? Like I'll look up and I'll see somebody buried in my rear end, <clears throat> like to the hilt. And I'm like, all right. And I start to get angry. And then I see it's just some woman. Yeah, she's like texting. She's doing her makeup in the mirror. <laughs> she's clueless. She doesn't even know. Yeah, it's every time. It's almost every single time. All right, anyways. Women, pay attention. Men cause more accidents because they're riskier drivers. But women are definitely far worse drivers. We all know that. But, uh... <clears throat> 
But anyways, I guess all this goes to say, so Paul was actually, a, a, basically murdered Christians. <coughs> and God used them as a huge instrument and tool. So in Romans 7, Paul talks about, I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I should do. And he's like, who can save me? He said, I'm a wicked, nasty person, basically. I'm paraphrasing. He's like, what hope is there for me? And then, you know, he goes on to say that we have that hope through Jesus Christ who died for us. And that's what saves him and, and makes him whole and allows him access to the Father, right? So, I don't know. I was reading Romans 7 and 8 this morning. I guess that was the... But I wanted to give you a little story on Paul because of this. Like, it doesn't matter how much you've screwed up. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't know, you know, it doesn't matter how bad you think you are or how many times you make mistakes. The the true sign of somebody that's really that really has a regenerated heart cuz that's what happens. When you're saved, let's talk about this for a second. Well, as I'm pulling into the gym, when you're saved, your heart is replaced essentially. It's regenerated. You're given you used to have a heart of stone which was hostile to God. To a, and it's turned to a heart of flesh which loves God many people think that this is achieved by just saying some pride accept Jesus into my heart woo, and then that's it that's <laughs> not it many people think it goes like think it goes like that you're just saved and you're good well a truly regenerate heart does not desire the things that it used to desire like for like I used to do not nice things <laughs> You know, you guys know a couple years ago, there was just a lot of, just a lot of stuff that was going on in my life. A lot of things that I was doing that I absolutely should not have been doing. And I wanted to do those things. I desired to do those things. I had a, a longing in my heart. You know, I always wanted to party. I was always looking for the next bit of fun. I was always going to the club, bottle service, alcohol, often drugs. And I, I desired to do those things. I wanted to do those things. I liked, uh, you know, I, I had a very dirty mouth, a very dirty sense of humor. Um, and I, I loved those things. Now, I want nothing more than to make God proud of me. So my entire heart attitude has changed and what I struggle with a lot is sometimes I still get urges sometimes I want to do things that I should not be doing and sometimes I do but I don't stay there do you see the difference I don't hang out there very long and when I do end up in those places you know I'm not partying I'm not clubbing but maybe sometimes I'll have a little bit too much to drink or maybe sometimes I'll tell a joke I shouldn't have said or maybe sometimes I just there are some times that I do things that I shouldn't do and when I do those things I feel afterwards and even sometimes during gen, gen uh, genuinely remorseful and that's the difference Somebody, somebody that's regenerated in their heart is still going to make mistakes, but they're going to feel very badly about those mistakes. 
Whereas you could have somebody that goes to church every Sunday. And as soon as they leave those four walls, they're out getting hammered. They're using a bunch of profanity. They're cheating, they're cheating on their spouse. They're looking at things on the internet they shouldn't look at, like pornography. And they do it all week long. And then they come to service on Sunday. They say, oh, God, I love you. I'm so sorry. And then they go right back to that lifestyle, you know, six days a week. And that's not somebody that's saved. You know what I mean? That person's in severe danger. Severe, severe danger. So... You know, I know some of you might not be Christians and you're listening. He's like, oh, he's doing another episode on God. What did I tell you guys the other day? I do this because I care about you. And and if you hear it enough, it's like the seed. It's like the seed, the parable of the seeds that Jesus tells in the Gospels. The Gospels like a seed. And sometimes it falls on rocks and gets picked up by you know, birds and sometimes it, you know, it doesn't have a chance to grow. Sometimes it falls in the road and it's trampled. Sometimes it falls amongst weeds and it starts to grow and it gets choked out. And then sometimes it falls in fertile ground. And I know that I just have to throw the seed out there enough and I'm not perfect. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm far from perfect. I make so many mistakes and I've made so many mistakes some of you that maybe knew me three years ago, like, who's this guy to sit here and talk about what's right and what's good? You know, I don't know. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I just care about you guys again. And, uh, and I love you guys to all my listeners. Some of you, many of you, I've never even met. There are many of you that listen to me daily. I don't know who you are, which by the way, I, if you and I have never talked and you listen to me regularly, Let's please connect. I would love, love to talk to you. I would love to build a relationship um, with the people. You know, one of my good friends just told me the other day that there's a a girl starting a podcast because she's been listening to me and we both, uh, you know, listen or we both think really well in the car. And I would love to, I would love to connect with you, whoever you are, you know, and uh, you guys are always able obsidian underscore achievement on Instagram shoot me a DM, follow, I'll follow you back. And, you know, I would just love to hear any feedback you guys have on the show. Any topics, please let me know any topics, guys, that you want to hear about. You are more than welcome to say, hey, Mike, can you do an episode on discipline? Mike, can you do an episode on, you know, your your walk as a Christian, how you became a Christian? Mike, can you do an episode on, you know, uh, coming back from failure? Mike, can you do an episode on dealing with betrayal? Like, Mike, let me know. I would love to. I would love to do some more topical, uh, topical, like on your set on your skin. I would love to do some more topic oriented uh, subjects that come from you guys. So just let me know. Um, all right, I'm at the gym. I love you guys. I'm going to talk to you very soon. Bye bye.